0: You are listening to the Power of Why podcast.
1: It it made me assign a job to my dollars. That was like the biggest Mm. thing because it's very easy for you to get paid your paycheck and then you're just kind of like throwing money wherever you need it at the time. But if you don't have a system in place, you just don't have a sense of like where things are going and then that was like the first step for me to get an understanding of how can I get out of this hole that
0: I've put myself in. Y'all, this is the second time that we're recording this. Anyways. Oh my gosh. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Power of Why. My name is Naomi Hailey, and today I am here with Tembika Pratt. Tembika, how are you doing today?
1: I am Gucci to be here. Um, I think, you know, we've all come out of this crazy pandemic period, and being in winter was very challenging, but the sun is out. Everyone's out to play. Um, my melanin is out and ready to play. So I'm super happy.
0: Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so happy that you're here. It's This conversation has been a couple months in the works. For the audience, Tembuka Pratt is a lifestyle financial expert who has been in the financial services industry for about 10 years. And She currently helps Black female professionals create money systems so that they can reach rich auntie status with ease. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna hear get a taste of her amazing copywriting skills <laughs> um, and just how relatable her content is. At the end of the day, uh, she currently has a course called Financial Prereq, and she also provides two-hour consults with folks who are committed to understanding the financial situation that they're in. And the way that I see it is to be able to prioritize the things that you want to prioritize in your life. And so thanks for being here. Uh, Vanessa Mm -hmm. Griffiths is the one that kind of sent me her profile through Instagram DMs and said, you need to talk to, you need to talk to her. Uh, (laughs) She has such relatable content. And then, um, yeah, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you on.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And shout outs to Vanessa um, for that referral. Like I'm so happy Whenever I'm anybody says like, oh, you know, I was referred to you by so and so it just like makes me feel so happy and that like, the content is reaching people. And yeah, shout outs to Ottawa, the 613, the, the city that made me so I'm more than happy to to help out a fellow Ottawa yin. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what we've landed out officially Tembeka only said yes to me because i'm, I'm from ottawa no. but hey we're gonna be talking about all things money mm-hmm. i in our first conversation i loved how you got into this space how you started on your financial journey so <laughs> if you could tell us a little bit about your origin story how you grew up and and we can go from there
1: yeah so fortunately like money was not something that was off the table um in my family my dad i don't know if he's gonna listen to this or if he's listening right now but he always would just tell me like little things like you know never live outside of your means and save 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 and he always made it so i was super independent like to the point that it's maybe a fault at sometimes just because I'm I'm so independent. And I remember back I had a cell phone and <clears throat> he was paying for the bill. And this is when I was like, you know, have my little crushes, like my little high school crushes. And he would see on his little Rogers statement, like what time I was on the phone. And <laughs> for, for me, I didn't like the fact that he knew that because you know he would see the thing and be like you know you can't be on the phone at this time blah 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 so i said okay i'm gonna get a job and i got a job and as soon as I started making money i was like hey i don't need your help anymore i'm gonna buy my own cell phone and i think that was when i like realized like damn like man, money is power it's freedom it's empowerment like all of this stuff so i think that's when like the power of money came through for me and then i got my first job at td i was a teller which i loved i loved that job and then i went on to be like a financial advisor and i even loved that job even more because now it's like i'm sitting in my desk i had clients that came to me and like we worked through like their financial problems and i was able to add like a little bit of my own personality like my own flavor and i was like oh my gosh i love this so then fast forward i moved to toronto i wanted to kind of pivot into corporate which i did and i'm doing that now But then I always felt like, oh, like I miss that, like one-on-one chit chats about money, but I wanted to do it in a more niche um, way. Like I am black, I'm a female. I met with a lot of black females when I was a financial advisor. And we all sort of had the same issue, which was that we didn't talk about finances when we were children, like in our family, there's stigma around money, like in the black community. So Instagram, was there. And I was like, oh, I really would like to do a page like that. I was really nervous about it. I'm not really out there on social media like that. Was telling all my friends, everybody like, oh, I really want to do this page. And they're like, you should do it. And then when the pandemic hit, I had a lot of free time on my hands. And I knew people must be struggling financially because like, you know, people are losing their jobs left and right. So I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. So I like made a few posts I told my friends, like I started the page they followed and they were so supportive, like shout outs to my friends because they were like reposting like my posts. And then other people were like, whoa, like what's this financial page? And my goal was to not make it look like other financial pages that were just like weird graphics and numbers all over the place. I felt like that was really overwhelming. So I was like, what would entice me to follow a page? And it was like, okay, like, I want to make it very clear that it's very, like, Black-centric, like, very pro-Black, pro-female Black. So I I used, like, influencer pictures and stuff like that. And then that's when I really saw engagement went up. And I was like, yep, I got it. Like, this is the sweet spot. (laughs) So, yeah, that's how Rich Hair came to be.
0: That's so cool. I'd love for you to share the story about because you mentioned at the top of this call that you are from Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not in Ottawa right now. You're in Toronto. You've Mm -hmm. been there for a couple of years. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that transition? What you were looking for career wise? What that meant in terms of money? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, I think it's grade nine where we have to take careers, civics and careers. And I was matched into you know like me being in a financial type of role and that's where the seed was planted i from the time i couldn't even work i was like i want to work at td bank because that was the bank my family went to and everything just became so focused on like me working downtown toronto in a skyscraper like that was like what i manifested back when i was like in grade eight i didn't even know what i was doing and then um you know, I grew up, I went to university and and I just felt like all the courses I were taking, I was taking, was in line with that. And it was just like very top of mind for me. So um, after university, I continued to work um, in the branch just because like, you know, I, I was thinking about what I wanted to do. And I was just like, you know what, I want to move to Toronto. Like I was always looking at job postings in Toronto. The roles seemed so like cool and I spoke to my branch manager. I told her what I wanted to do. And I even found a branch right at Bay and Bloor, which is part of Yorkville. For those who know what Yorkville is, it's a very, very bougie area of Toronto. And I was like, this is this is where I need to be. So I told my parents, I'm like, listen, um, I, I'm going to move to Toronto. And they were like, what?
0: <laughs> Tamika called a family meeting yes. and she's
1: like, oh. yes. I mean, they knew already because I was obsessed with Toronto. It's four hours Mm -hmm. away. I had never lived on my own before. So I moved into Toronto and my God, (sighs) the lifestyle in Toronto is so materialistic compared to Ottawa. Ottawa has wealthy people. Like um, there's very wealthy people that live in in Ottawa, but you wouldn't know it. People are more low key, but in Toronto, even people without money, they're rocking like the newest (laughs) bag, the newest car, luxury this, luxury that. And it was hard for me because a lot of people warned me. They're like, listen, when you move to Toronto, it's very easy to get sucked up into that lifestyle. And I was like, nah, like I have a really strong mental, like none of that will affect me. And it did. It did. I was going out every single weekend, bottles, like champagne, like club hopping. And my bank account was like sis what are we doing here like you have rent now to pay you have like groceries to buy and i was just getting caught up in it um because i worked at a bank it was it was pretty easy for me to get credit so that meant like lines of credit and like credit card increases and stuff and i was slowly becoming the clients that i would meet with that in my head i'd be like oh my gosh like how are they doing this i was now becoming those people that were Mm -hmm. like you know maxing out their their credit and stuff and i think it lasted for about 6 months i didn't tell my parents at all because like i'm super independent and stuff like that so i didn't tell my parents i i dealt with it myself and um after that 6 months i was like i need to do something about this like i can't live my life i know i know better and then that's when i just decided to create this like money system method that I now kind of teach to other people and it just really helped me organize like it it made me assign a job to my dollars that was like the biggest mm. thing because it's very easy for you to get paid your paycheck and then you're just kind of like throwing money wherever you need it at the time but if you don't have a system in place you just don't have a sense of like where things are going and then that was like the first step for me to get an understanding of how can I get out of this hole that I've put myself in so that was my transition to toronto it was i had a great time i don't regret any of the good times i had but i'm just really grateful that i had like some of the stuff my dad used to tell me i had the experience working in the banks and i had that context like this is what your life could look like if you keep doing what you're doing and then that was enough to shake me out of it and be like okay sis you had enough let's get serious
0: Yeah. Those are some great points. Mm -hmm. Even, I like what you just said about assigning your, your money, a job almost. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes you hear a lot of folks saying like, I don't have enough money left over to save or invest. And it's like, yeah, because you paid all your, like you paid everyone before Mm -hmm. you even paid yourself. And so (laughs) so I'm wondering for, because I think Okay, where do I even start with this question? Because I, I don't want to lead you anywhere. Um, but also, I think finances present some level of friction and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And when I came across your content, it was really interesting to see somebody else who like looked like me also, who was like mm-hmm. reimagining what money could look like mm-hmm. and how important it is just simply for you to be able to live life on your own terms, live life the way that you want, spend money on the things that bring you joy in life and like mm-hmm. cut out all the rest type thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering how you approach, maybe you can even bring that, bring in that system that you created for yourself yeah. that allows you to make financially empowered decisions and like reinstill the sense of agency in your life.
1: Yes. Yeah. so the first thing you need to know is like, How much do you make and how much do you spend so the first thing is you know if if you have just your nine to five that's super easy because you know how much you get paid um, on a monthly or bi-weekly basis if you have a side hustle also add that that income in and then you're gonna look at all the things that you spend money subscriptions car if you have a car cell phone rent all those things and then you're going to just do math so you're going to subtract all the the expenses from the money that you're making And whatever you're left with, that's what's called disposable income. So if it's a negative number, that means you're actually spending more money than you make. And you're going to have to make some decisions. Either you make more money through a side hustle or you ask for a raise or you find a new job that pays more or you cut your expenses, which for me, that was what I had to do because I wasn't at the position where I could ask for more money. But I was definitely spending Money that I didn't need to be spending, so that was an easy Mm -hmm. thing for me. Also, if you do the math and you see that you're in a positive, like you're you're making more than you're spending, but that number is very tight. Again, you can cut down on expenses to kind of make that number grow a little bit more. You can start a side hustle. Um, So same thing kind of applies. So for me, once I was able to establish like what I was overspending on, which was definitely entertainment, then I I was able to make those informed decisions. So I would focus on the things I had to pay. Like rent was not negotiable, paying yourself first. Like I had to now carve out from what I was making, what makes sense for me to be putting into savings. Cause at this point I had like zero savings. I was in the negative on like a lot of stuff. So I had to, although paying debt was important, I also needed to pay myself first, which like you said, like, that's a huge thing. If you're not paying yourself first, your money is just going to other people. Like, how are you supposed to invest in yourself if you're not paying yourself first? So, I had to now carve out, like, okay, maybe I can afford $50 per paycheck. I was not making a lot of money. Bi weekly at that time, I think I was making like just over $1,000 every two weeks. And my rent was like 1250 so I was really like living tight, and then yeah, you just start assigning dollars, uh, jobs to your dollars. So you have a bucket for savings, you have a bucket for your expenses, you have a bucket for entertainment, transportation, tithes. What else? If you if you're giving money back home, you would create a bucket for planned giving, stuff like that. And then you work with what you have. So it's so easy for people to say like, oh, I'm not making enough money. At the time, I was not making a lot of money. I was literally making $2,000 a month. But you just have to work with what you have. Because if I went and scored a job that was paying me six figures... Those issues that you have with money don't go away, right? If anything, like Biggie says, like more money, more problems, right? You're just going to find ways to spend more with the money that you have. But if you're able to manage the little that you have and do a good job at that, more money won't even phase you. You'll just actually make better decisions. You'll maybe invest more in yourself. You'll invest more long-term like in the stock market and stuff like that so that's sort of how i was able to carve out those areas that i needed in order to to just like grow and be happy and stuff like that and also like even recently so with this pandemic Mm -hmm. i have to admit it i was feeling very depressed i'm somebody who likes to interact with people i loved my downtown life i work in financial district so i liked where i worked and at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, oh, this is nice. Like I can wear what I want to wear when I work. I can, I have access to my kitchen all day. Like, but around spring, like this year, late winter, early spring, I was feeling like I just can't do this anymore. And one thing I really liked to do when I was working was go to Starbucks. And usually I would like um, socialize with other people and other banks and have a lot of my coffee chats in Starbucks. So I said, you know what? I'm going to create a Starbucks bucket and you might see like, why would you carve out money for Starbucks? Like why can't you just make coffee at home or whatever? But for me, I needed that because number one, I have to walk 10 minutes to my Starbucks in my neighborhood. So number one, I was allowing myself to go outside and get exercise or whatever. And second, I was able to incorporate that in my routine because I I missed that pre-pandemic. So to me, that was something that's important to me. And I created space for it and I'm happy. Whereas somebody else would be like, that's a waste of money. So when I talk to people like through my coaching sessions and stuff like that, I do not judge. Like it's a zero, like zero judgment zone. And if they say I need to have my Starbucks coffee every morning, that's great. I'm, I'm all for that, but let's create space for that with the money that you already have. And if that means giving up a subscription for Disney Plus, then that's fine, you give up Disney Plus, but then you're creating space for Starbucks. And that's sort of how I like to to do my budgeting.
0: Yeah, and you raise beautiful points in that this is so personal, like money is mm-hmm. so personal around <coughs> what could be a priority and brings joy to one person, doesn't yeah. for the other, but they have their own things. and. Mm-hmm. You know, at the top of our call, you also mentioned like the social media thing, like what's happening online that actually may have been offline. My bad.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but still very relevant.
0: Yeah, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about influencer culture, Mm -hmm. how that's impacting people's spending decisions, impacting people's ability to like build wealth, that sort of thing. Hey there, thanks for tuning into this episode. If you are enjoying the conversation, make sure to share it with a friend, take a screenshot, spread the word. It really allows me to bring on more incredible guests as we continue to level up in the podcasting space.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would be lying if I said I didn't follow influencers. And yeah, they've got a nice life. They look great. They're able to buy the bags and like the fancy cars and everything and who well i mean i'm not going to assume this for and maybe some people don't care about that but i would love a life like that and again with the pandemic we had more time on our hands we're spending more time on social media and it can really alter your perception of like what being rich or what being wealthy is so something i also talk about and like it's going to be in my program coming up is like you need to redefine what your Definition of being wealthy is, or redefine what your vision of of you and your rich anti life. Rich anti life could mean you have a small condo in the city, but you're able to travel four times a year and eat at five star restaurants all the time. But for mm-hmm. somebody else, maybe they want a penthouse suite. They are not able to travel as much, but they can go for brunch every Sunday with their fancy friends, right? So, or maybe even somebody would rather even move outside of Toronto or the big city and be able to travel like, you know, even more than four times a month, right? So you have to redefine that for yourself because when you start to create financial goals, they are all going to tie back to that vision that you have for yourself. So for me, owning property is important to me. So I've made it a very, very big piece of like my financial system to include a big budget in there for retirement savings and a down payment fund. Like those are really important to me because I don't know if everybody knows this, but for your RSPs, you're also able to use those funds for a down payment. If you're a first time home buyer, you have to pay it back but um, you have like you 10 have time you have years. like
0: 15 years or something yeah
1: exactly like you have to pay it back but imagine like you're you're saving for your retirement but also you're able to use those funds for a down payment so for me i prioritize my rsp i have several rsp accounts and i'm like pumping money into it so that when i'm ready to buy a house the money is there But for some people maybe they don't want to own a house ever maybe they just want to rent and have the flexibility of moving wherever they want so that would look different for somebody else i just really want to urge people like try and disconnect from social media as much as you can and always try and have this like lens when you're looking at it like that's nice for them but like you don't even know how they got that money you don't know if their bank accounts are all in red but they I learned something new the other day that people are buying empty Louis Vuitton bags. And like, like let's say you had a birthday and you wanted to flex and be like, oh my God, like I have so many gifts. Like I got a Louis Vuitton birthday. People can actually buy these fake Louis Vuitton bags and like stuff them with fake things. So it looks like they actually bought things from Louis Vuitton, but they actually didn't.
0: My face is cringing right now. <laughs>
1: like, are we really at that point where the clout like people are so clout thirsty that they have to buy shopping bags from these luxury stores to pose in pictures with them just so people think that they have all the money in the world to buy this stuff i was like wow like this is pretty sad but anyways so that's a perfect example i could go and buy a bunch of louis vuitton bags and you guys are like wow like tombeka's probably like killing it like wow i wish i could like have her life or something like that when really i spent like $12 on a Louis Vuitton bag and stuffed it with tissue paper to make it look like I just bought like a a whole purse. So just be mindful when you're on Instagram. Always ask yourself the question, like, don't even ask yourself the question. I think the things that I say to myself is rather than saying, oh, I wish I could have that. I'm just like, oh, like good for her, like good for them. And then that sort of just doesn't make me fall into that whole trap of like wanting everything that I see other people have.
0: Yeah, the... Yeah. I think that <laughs> I have very little to say about that because yeah. I think regardless of if we have social media or not, mm-hmm. that has always very been true. a thing yeah. where people are signaling. Mm-hmm. I don't It could be with anything. It could be with a car. It could be with the home, but you mm-hmm. really have no idea what's going on in people's lives. No. And you briefly touched upon buying rental properties for Mm -hmm. example is something that you prioritize and like saving for retirement i'm wondering what that looks like how do you plan on a monthly basis Mm -hmm. how do you incorporate like big expenses let's say you want to buy i don't know anything well let's say you want to plan for a trip or you want to uh, plan for a wedding or something like that what does Mm -hmm. that look like realistically on a month-to-month basis
1: yeah so every single time i get a pay raise or I pay off a debt, I recalculate like what my disposable income is. So if I get a raise, for example, and I'm now making after taxes, like what's put into my bank account, let's say it comes to $2,000. So now I know I'm making $2,000. I'm going to add up my expenses again, just so that I can get a new number. And let's say after I pay expenses, I'm left with $1,000 each Pay to use at my disposal at that point, first thing, and this is after after my expenses too, I have like a thousand dollars first thing i 'm going to think of is, hmm, what are my financial goals right? So I said owning property to me is something that i I prioritize, so if I know that i 'm living in toronto i 'm probably not going to buy a house in in Toronto, like the city, but surrounding area, those houses go for roughly six, seven, eight <laughs> thousand, uh, a yeah. hundred thousand. And then I also worked out, you know, if I were to put five to 10% down for a down payment, what would that number be? Let's just call it 50K. Cause I'm not going to do the, ma- the math in my head, but let's say I have to put 50K down. Now you work backwards. So 50K divided by 12 months is X number. That means every month I need to save X number to reach my goal of $50,000. So then that's sort of how I establish, like, what is my monthly amount going to be to get to my larger goal? And it maybe won't be in one year. Maybe I'm going to give myself two years of, like, saving All I would do then and in that case is break down that 50,000 into 24 for like 24 months to get. Mm -hmm. And then that's that's how I know what to save. So any big purchase like a house, a wedding, even like a trip, for example, take that number and divide it by the number of months or the number of pays that you're going to get within that given time frame that you want to see yourself achieve it. So me and my friends... If COVID and if the government allows us to fly, we want to go to South Africa and Tanzania in December. Last year, we went to Nigeria and I went to South Africa as well. Every single time I plan for those trips, I literally I'm like, okay, the the ticket is going to be about $1,200, $1,500 to travel to Africa in, in December is quite expensive. And then how much do I budget for accommodation and all that? I work out like a rough number and I divide that into however months um, I need to plan. So that's sort of like how I strategize. And then also there's things that you can do, for example, automating. That is like the hugest thing. A lot of people just leave it up to themselves to put money aside. But we all know that like pay will come and we're like, Ooh, like my paycheck, my, my bank account looks so nice. Like I don't want to touch it. But if you just set it up on automatic transfers, like, That takes out that temptation to not do that. Um, Also, a huge game changer, and I don't know if every bank does this on their platform, but I know for sure TD and RBC does it. You can actually rename your bank accounts through your online banking. So I actually changed my accounts to the name of the thing I'm saving to. I love that yes also contrary to what people think you can have more than one savings account and one more than one checking account i think i have like seven savings accounts so each of those savings accounts i've named it like girls trip uh vacation because like me and my boyfriend we want to travel more down payment whatever like call it whatever and then that's how you know like where all your money is going to think about it like if you had a walk-in closet and you had like your pants and shirts and like everything kind of all thrown in there. If you had to get ready, it'd be super (laughs) hard for you to like know where everything is and like stuff like that. But if you color coordinated your closet and then also coordinated it by type of item, item, then you know, okay, I have my pants here and it goes from dark to light and whatever. So think about the structure of your accounts in the same way. So if you're saving for a house, don't include your savings for a house in with like other savings for like clothing or makeup or something. That doesn't make any sense. Separate it so that you know, here's my money for my down payment. And also, if you're taking money out of your savings to use on something irresponsible, so let's say you have your down payment amount and you wanna go buy a pair of shoes and you go and take money from that down payment amount, the fact that you've named it down payment Mm -hmm. and you're now taking money out of it for shoes i feel like you're gonna think about it like twice you're gonna be like okay i'm cheating myself by taking money from this account that's for a down payment and i'm actually affecting my ability to reach my goal on the timeline Mm -hmm. that i set out so you're probably gonna think twice and you're gonna be like you know what actually it's not that important and you're probably gonna leave the money there but when you just have this like whole pile of money that's just for general savings you don't really have a sense of like what, what you're saving for. So it's a bit easier to just pull money from it left and right. Yeah. I think that was like the most important thing I did when I was trying to save and like save intentionally.
0: That's so good, Tamika. Yeah. So good. And I could talk about like, this stuff forever. <laughs> <laughs> at, the end of, at the end of what you, what you said, like there's something even more powerful about titling those names because You Mm -hmm. are saving for a goal. There's like a particular intention. There's a reason for for what you're doing it. It's not, you didn't leave it up to randomness Mm -hmm. to to actually progress on your goals, right? When I think about the power of why, when I think about this podcast, it's not always about, Actually, it's never about this like ultimate why that you have in your life and like mm-hmm. thing that never changes. And it because we change at the end of the day, but it's yes. really about, and you use that word intention. It's really about moving with intention yes. and making decisions that are <clears throat> purposeful, that are mm-hmm. based and rooted in awareness, self-awareness of what you want. Oh, I, and I love the analogy about the closet too, because that's a really powerful visual of if I just... First of all, clearly mm-hmm. outline what it is that I want. That's like half the work, right? Yes. Just clear. Most people just have no idea what they want. But mm. the intention that you set out is really, really uh, powerful.
1: Yep.
0: I would love to learn a little more about small steps moving the needle. Yeah. Um, I don't think you talked about this in your origin story, but when you first started saving, you started with like $50 and I, mm-hmm. think, I think that's wonderful. So can you talk a little bit about what those early days look like for you and how yeah. you were able to grow from there?
1: Yeah, so the, the early start I find is the hardest because especially for somebody like me, I was only able to save $50 and to somebody they might be like, that's not enough. Like I just might as well not do it at all because like $50 is nothing, but you really have to like have that target. So what I did is I'm like, okay, let me just target a thousand dollars because I didn't have an emergency savings fund. If you're going to start saving an emergency savings fund is the first thing that you should actually prioritize. So I said, okay, I have no savings right now. A thousand dollars would be pretty nice to have just in case. So then I set my, small little goal to a thousand dollars and i was putting fifty dollars per pay so a hundred dollars per month towards this thousand dollar um goal so some people they're very visual they like to like maybe put it on a board. And then every single time, you know, like fundraisers where they have that bar yeah, that yeah, they yeah. color in, like yeah. some people might like something like that. Some people use a spreadsheet. Me, it was just a matter of like opening my my banking app and seeing that number like grow every mm. single pay. That was enough for me. So then my $50, I'm like, okay, let's strive for a thousand. So once I hit a thousand, I actually did something quite funny is every single time I reached one more milestone, I was allowing myself to take $50 and spend it on myself. So I know it sounds a little weird, but again, it's super personal. Finances are super personal. And for me, I needed a reward after hitting, like almost like celebrating like small wins rather than depriving yourself until you hit this like huge milestone that like took you forever to reach. Like I need a little bit of rewards for myself. So for me, once I hit that thousand dollars, I took 50 and I used it to go out or I used it to like buy something that I really want. And then once I did that, all right, back to business, my next milestone is $2,000. And I would do that. Also, as I earned more, I increased the amount that I'm putting towards. A lot of people just say, okay, I'm going to put 50. And then let's say they get a raise and they're still putting 50. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you're cheating at that point. Like <laughs> that's where lifestyle creep kicks in. Yeah. And lifestyle creep essentially is as you earn more, your desires more. and your spending increases as well. So maybe if you were buying shoes from Payless, which doesn't exist anymore, but You weren't making enough and pay less is all you can afford, then you get a raise and you're like, oh, now I can start shopping at Aldo, right? Um, But no, you can't start shopping at Aldo because you have to make sure that you're also increasing how much you're putting away for yourself. So um, when I moved to Toronto, I was very aggressive in career progression. Like I came there for a reason and I didn't want to work at the branch forever. Like, no. So I was able to increase my salary and stuff. And every time I increased my salary, I did that little exercise. Like I said, like I did, I added up my income, subtracted my expenses, that surplus would get larger and larger. And then I would increase how much I was putting. So instead of $50 per pay, now I was putting like a hundred per pay, which meant I was able to hit that $2,000 milestone a lot quicker because I was putting more money. And then as I was able to make more money now, I was also expanding my goals. So I didn't need to focus on like an emergency savings fund anymore. I had already achieved what I wanted. Now I wanted to think bigger. So instead of having an emergency savings fund, how can I like invest? Investing was really important to me. I now started a little extra budget. So $50 of my pay, in addition to the hundred I was putting away for emergency, now was being put towards well, simple that I would use now to invest in the stock market and buy shares. So you just keep like building off of it slowly and slowly, slowly. I just wanna urge people like that beginning stage is not easy, I've been there. I was not making a lot of money and I just had to do what I could with what I had. And even if it's like $20 per paycheck, It's still better than zero dollars towards savings. Just make it a game for yourself. Reward, treat yourself once you reach a certain amount and and make it reasonable. Like don't say, oh, I'm going to hit like a hundred bucks and then I'm like, I've made it. Like, no, like make it something that actually is impactful. And once you hit that, like reward yourself. And again, make that reasonable. Don't reward yourself and then go blow all the money that you just saved. Make it proportional so... If you saved $1,000, take out $50 and use that however you want to use it. And it's just really about celebrating those big wins. And also I had a coworker that used to say this thing that used to bother me so much. But then I'm like, you know what? She's right. She's like, how do you eat a whale? And I'm like, what? She's like, how do you eat a whale? And I'm like, I don't know. You start with like the tail and work your way up. She's like, yes. (laughs) She's like, yes. You like take it each bite. Like as yes. you go until you've eaten an entire whale. So saving for a house, a lot of people want to do that, but they're like, I can't because I'm not making enough money.
0: Right.
1: Sure. But how about you just take that money, that, that amount that you would need and just like break it up so it's like bite sized and do it that way. So that, that's the advice I would give somebody in terms of like those small beginning steps that will lead to like an overall larger goal.
0: Mhm so true and i think also th- the way that that i see it I, okay when did you when did you first start working you shared that story of the cell phone
1: oh god that your
0: dad was paying <laughs> I was like
1: 15 or 16, whatever the legal age was. And I literally was like, okay, turn that age. Time for me to start looking for a job. Like literally. I wanted to talk to boys on my own terms. And I didn't want my dad blocking me from that. That
0: story makes me so happy. It's so yeah. funny too. Yeah. I, I started working so early mm-hmm. and I remember my first job was at a gol- golf course. My my best friend's dad was a golf pro and mm. she was working at a golf course like really. Really close to my house and she's like Naomi you need to work with me in the summers and so we would just you know make money that way and yeah. I think oftentimes unfortunately we we see so much oh we don't see the impact of not doing anything until mm-hmm. it's too late right you're like wow if I had spent the last five years even saving just a hundred bucks two hundred three hundred bucks a month mm-hmm. I would have been well off and now because I didn't do that in my later years, I need to save more or I need to, yes. you know, do things a little bit differently. Yeah. And I, I love the example that you shared of just starting where you are. Mm-hmm. And as you start to do that, I think you oftentimes surprise yourself too. And And setting up these goals actually push you to figure out ways to make more money. And instead of saying, oh, like I can't afford that, it's more like, mm-hmm. In rich dad poor dad, he always talks about like changing your language to yes. how can I afford that? How yes. can I make more money? How can I negotiate? And yeah. and these are all like skills that you pick up and you become more fluent with them. But yeah. you gotta you gotta start, folks. Yes, you're an weird, abundant
1: so. mindset. Like wh- yeah. one thing I posted and it got like so much engagement was stop saying you're broke. Like, Mm -hmm. because somebody broke it down for me. They're like, when you say you're broke, it's like, I'm broken. Like, that's Mm -hmm. sort of where I'm broke came from. So instead of saying I'm broke, just be like, I can't Mm -hmm. afford it right now. Like, oh, I'm, somebody said I'm not broke. I'm just in transition. Or like, I'm on my way to my anti-lifestyle, whatever. Like, don't say I'm broke. It's so negative, like more negative than you think. So when you just start saying things like, oh, like, you know, I just can't afford that right now. It, it, mm-hmm. it kind of tells yourself like right now, okay, I'm in the process of thinking of ways to be able to afford it. What are those ways? A raise, a side hustle, selling things, cutting down my expenses. Like those are ways that you can always make more money. So there's always a way. I know it's really hard sometimes, like, you know, if you got, if you lost your job, like that's not an easy situation, but we all have skills. Mm -hmm. Instagram is full of people that are making money from candle making to mindset coaches, fitness coaches, everything like this pandemic has really made people think about what they're good at and how can they make money from it. And no thing is too small for you to monetize. So just tap into that. I was able to tap into that for myself and I've made, you know, some good side income with Richer. so you can do anything to be able to, to make more money for yourself.
0: That's a great point. <clears throat> Thank you. Thanks for being yes, here. Sports. Thank you for sharing your story, Timbaka. Um, For folks who are, well, first before we get into that, how people can connect with you, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know things happening in the financial wellness space that you are really intrigued by right now?
1: Hmm. Cryptocurrency. (laughs) Like I feel like that Bitcoin, that is something that I need to educate myself more on because I know that it's the future. And I think there's some really exciting things happening in that cryptocurrency space. So I urge everybody to get educated into it don't be a late adopter when it has already passed be really proactive with um, cryptocurrency um, and then there's just a lot of fintech going on like well simple was really a pioneer I love that company I love the brand this is not sponsored again um, I just really believe in like what they're doing like their messaging is so millennial centric look out for other platforms that are coming out with people like similar minded as me but maybe they have more of that tech background where they're making like apps and cool little things um to help people save more those are some really exciting things um, that are going on for me and just like instagram just like expanding it's not only a place where you just post pictures of yourself like looking pretty and selfies like it's people are creating real businesses and this space of like passive income and like stuff. It's really intriguing to me because I'm in it now and I've, I'm i seeing ways that people are able to monetize. So look into using Instagram as a tool rather than somewhere where you just post selfies all day.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to bring on more people in this space because I freaking love, I didn't yes. want to swear, but I freaking love talking about money. And I think <laughs> It's such a huge part of being able to just to live the way that you, that you want to live, be able to yeah. be of service in the way that you want to. And just to your comment about the whole I'm broke or saying words that you feel like don't have a big impact, like your body doesn't know if you're lying or not, or if yes. that's like actually true about your situation. Yeah. And yeah, you are literally writing your future when you're when you're, when you're saying those words. So um, thanks for thanks for saying Preach. that. Yes. Um, what's the what's the best place for people to connect with you?
1: Yeah, so I have my Instagram page. It's she's.richer, so she's dot richer. So s h e s dot richer. And that's literally the platform I'm on right now. Some people are like, Oh, on YouTube. And I'm like, Baby steps, guys. Baby steps. I am a bit camera shy, but I would hope to like expand into like, you know, YouTube or even like a podcast. But for mm-hmm. now, um, I'm on Instagram. I'm pretty active on Instagram. My DMs are always open, so you're more than welcome to message me, and I I always message back. And yeah, let's let's connect. Let's chat. Even if it's not to book a service, I'm still very open. People just ask me random questions like what's a TFSA? And I'll, you know, give my little blurb of what a TFSA is. And they're, they're really happy with that. So come to the page, come say hi, follow and share with your friends. That's the best way to to support me and my platform.
0: Love it. All right. So all the links where you can find Tempica will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Power of Why. We'll catch you in the next one. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please drop us a review on iTunes with a brief note about your thoughts of the show. We publish new episodes of the podcast every single week. Until then, thank you so much for listening.